and welcome back to the Disney World Today podcast. I am your ghost host for the day, Kevin Pope. Hope everyone's having a magical day, a magical week. Hope everything's going good with you guys. It is the week of December 25th, 2023. Christmas week, the end of Christmas week, New Year's, uh, just a few days away now. Pretty crazy to think. Hopefully everyone listening had a wonderful Christmas Hopefully everyone listening is on the nice list, got got everything that they asked Santa for. You know, uh, Christmas for us this year was definitely um, special just because it was our, our son's first Christmas. And he's only, you know, a little over four months old. And it's something me and my wife, like, we always kind of talk about. It's obviously he doesn't remember, he's not going to remember this stuff. You know, we took him to the mall to see Santa you know, we, we looked at Christmas lights, we got him Christmas gifts, and, like, obviously he doesn't remember that stuff, but it's just about making those memories, like, for us, and for him, like, you know, it's a different day and age. Like, I want him to have, when he's older, have access to as many photos as he wants, you know, of him growing up. You know, I, I was born in 1990. I'm not, you know, I'm old, but I'm not that old. You know, technology, I kind of grew up you know, with, with the changing times of technology, like we had, you know, my mom had a, uh, uh, a camera, we had to get the film developed and we had the, the disposable cameras. And my dad had a, you know, a camcorder, um, that he took on our first Disney trip. It was the one that's probably about 25 pounds and recorded directly onto a VHS tape, but still we had it, we had stuff like that, but it just, it wasn't the same. Like, like I said, I have one, we have one video from my first Disney trip you know, we have, uh, you know, one photo album probably with like, I don't know, 30 or 30 or so photos in there. Like I probably have a thousand pictures of my son already. He's four months old. You know, it's just, you could, it's just so different that I want to, you know, take him to the mall to see Santa. So he has like pictures of him with Santa on his first Christmas, you know, with his mom and dad when we're, you know, young and, you know, not gray and old and, you know, pictures with grandma and grandpa and, you know, his aunts, like, uh, that stuff is, you know, it's what we're trying to do. I don't want to just be like, oh, you know, he won't remember it. We'll just do that stuff, you know, next year or whatever. Like, I'm trying to do as much as possible just to kind of have those memories, to have, you know, photos to remember those memories as well. And we're moving right on to New Year's now, on to 2024. Pretty crazy. I, I, you know, I've mentioned it in the past on this podcast where I think we're officially in, like, um, the year's like when you were a kid, like if someone told you when you were five years old about the year 2024, that seemed like something I would never live to see. That sounds like something like from a sci-fi movie, not, you know, me at 34 years old. Pretty crazy. If you haven't already, follow me on Instagram and TikTok, Disney World Today. My DMs on Instagram are always open. Feel free to, uh, you know, drop on by. Tell me what you think of the podcast. If you have ideas for the show, um, just ideas in general, topic ideas, episode ideas, top 10 lists, anything like that, feel free to let me know. If you have an opinion on Disney, if you want to vent about Disney, like all that stuff, feel free. I love talking with you guys. Um, you know, there's a lot of you guys, like you'll, you shoot me a message. Like I, we talk back and forth. I just love talking Disney. I, and I've said it a million times. I think we have the best Disney community on social media. So feel free to, uh, you know, message me on Instagram. Also, if you could hit that subscribe button, leave a rating and a review. If you do leave me a review, you'll get a shout out on the very next episode. And if you'd like to support me and support the podcast, the link to do so is in my Spotify homepage or in my Instagram bio. Last week, I released a couple episodes, one bonus one. Um, I uploaded the ride audio from Dinosaur. I put that on my, uh, my Spotify and my Apple podcast page. I don't know. It's just... You know, Dinosaur is one of those attractions I've always loved. Um, It's going away soon, so I'm just trying to kind of capture everything about that attraction before it's gone. Add a little, you know, ride audio. You can listen to it. I have the pre-ride show in there, and then also the, you know, as you're riding the ride. It's pretty fun. Um, You know, I listen to that stuff, too. Even though I upload it, I listen to the stuff I upload. And uh, I was driving over the weekend somewhere. And I was listening to my park music playlist and the, the dinosaur ride audio came on. I'm driving down the highway, just thinking, picturing myself on dinosaur as the, you know, Dr. Seeker's like, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty entertaining drive. 
Uh, so that's on there if you want to listen to it, as well as a lot of the other park music. I have the Tomorrowland music. I have the Epcot Innovations music up there. It's all on uh, on my podcast page. But the the real episode, what we talked about last week, was Disney's newest Christmas party, Jollywood Nights at Hollywood Studios. I kind of gave a brief synopsis, a little review. Um, you know, it kind of, I think it's a good one because I think like a lot of you guys, I think you can relate. Like I did that episode without having gone to the party. So I, I base a lot of my opinions just on what I've read, what I've seen, Instagram posts, Twitter. Um, and I think a lot of us kind of do the same thing when we're not able to go to Disney all the time, we kind of rely on that stuff. So if you want to hear uh, the review for Jollywood Nights, you know, before uh, before we're too far away from uh, Christmas and being in the Christmas spirit, go ahead and check it out. But this week, this week's episode is based on a suggestion from one of you guys, a listener. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Carter Ivy on Instagram. We were kind of messaging back and forth and uh, they brought up know uh, an idea for an episode it was based off of i think one of my episodes i did a q a and someone asked me i think they asked about like an under like what i thought was an underrated attraction and he was like hey you know you did a q a about uh you know things that are underrated what about things at disney that are overrated underrated and properly rated i was like yeah you know what that's a good idea i like that so that's what we're going to be talking about today underrated overrated and properly rated the Disney World Edition. Here we go. Your attention, please. The Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board. Overrated underrated and properly rated again got to give a shout out to carter ivy on instagram um i think it was about like a month ago so like if you guys send me an idea for an episode i i have a list on my phone of episode ideas and when you guys send me one i just add it to my the list on my phone so don't if you're listening and you've sent me ideas uh and you haven't heard me do an episode on it like there's a chance i just haven't gotten to it yet so like this one uh that carter sent me was Legitimately, I think it was November 26th. I added it to my list. You know, I have, I usually try to schedule ahead and I just, you know, kind of week to week kind of depends on, uh, you know, what episode I'm going to do. So again, thank you for the idea. And I, I love this idea because I've done, I'm pretty sure I've done an, an entire episode. I think I did like top 10 underrated things at Disney or underrated attractions. Um, so that's always fun. And I, I didn't want to do an entire episode on overrated Disney, at least not yet, um, just because I feel like maybe that would come off as just too negative, and I feel like, you know, maybe at times it seems like I am coming off as negative in regards to Disney. Um, it's not my intent, it's just, you know, I have very strong opinions on Disney, and, you know, I'm not entirely happy with the direction um of the company of Walt Disney World as a whole right now. So, you know, sometimes it may come off as, you know, being negative. So I feel like doing this, you know, underrated, overrated, and properly rated kind of splits it up a little bit. You know, I'm not a negative Nancy all the time. Uh, and it's just fun, kind of fun to talk about and make lists like this. You know, I, I've always thought about like underrated things at Disney. I haven't really thought about too often, you know, overrated or even properly rated. So it was, it was really a lot of fun to kind of sit down and brainstorm for this one. And I didn't, um, you know, make it super specific. So it's not just attractions. Like everything about Walt Disney World is on the, is on the table for this episode. Um, could be an attraction, restaurant, food item, area, land, music, anything like that is on the table. I'll kind of go in, uh, it was like a draft order here. I'll do, uh, I'll do underrated, one from underrated, one from overrated, one from properly rated, and just kind of repeat until I'm out of each category. It would be convenient if I had like from like 10 from each or whatever. Um, I do, I do have a little less for properly rated than I do the other, other categories, but I'll just go until I kind of run out from each category. But I'll start us off with an underrated one here. I'll get, uh, you know, one of my, you know, most popular picks out of the way because this is one I've talked about a lot. Uh, and if you know me and you've been listening to the podcast, it's an easy choice for me. So my first choice for underrated 
at Walt Disney World. I'm going to go with Living with the Land at Epcot. This is an attraction. I feel like if I keep doing this and I were to do this list a year from now, two years from now, I think pretty soon we may have to switch this from underrated to maybe properly rated because I feel like within the last few years, there's been a boom in popularity and support for living with the land. I don't know how that happened. I don't know if it's social media. I don't know if it's just, you know, people getting older and having a different appreciation for this attraction, but it feels like living with the land now as, you know, compared to, you know, 10 years ago has completely skyrocketed in popularity, like based on, you know, just social media, stuff like that. Like actual like seeing the wait times and, and people going on this on this attraction it's definitely more popular now than it's ever been i would argue and it is one of those attractions i think you have a different appreciation for when you get older like it's such a cool unique attraction it's very relaxing you know there's a sense of calmness when you ride it just the the sense the you know the the smells the sights like all of that you know you're you're in a theme park watching how they grow their own crops there it's just so interesting to me and i know it's a slow moving boat ride it's not very thrilling at all but it's just it's interesting it's unique it's calming it's relaxing they decorate it and theme it for christmas which i think is really cool and i think a lot of us can agree that you know it's it's underrated and i don't know for how long i think that will change it's just getting so popular but as of now, I've always kind of said it's the most underrated tra attraction at Walt Disney World. So I figured I'd, I'd do that one first, get that one out of the way, because that's an easy one. And I feel like every, anyone that knows me knows uh, that I was going to say living with the land. All right, let's move on now to my first pick from the overrated category, overrated things at Walt Disney World. I'm going to go with Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, the, the land as a whole. Now, granted, I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan. I don't hate Star Wars. I grew up, you know, growing up when I did, you know, we had the, the original three movies my parents were a fan of. I watched them when I was a kid. I knew Star Wars more through video games and toys. Uh, I had seen the older movies, uh, you know, didn't like necessarily love them. You know, I'm a, I've seen them when you're seven, eight years old, a movie from the 70s, it's, it's tough. But video games is what kind of got me into Star Wars. You know, and back then they weren't even a part of Disney. They had Star Tours, the attraction, but, you know, wasn't a huge fan. It was mostly from the video games. So I grew up liking Star Wars. And then when they started, you know, redoing and, and making the new movies, like I saw all those in theaters. And up until the recent kind of reboot, when they started making more, I want to say it was Force Awakens. I saw that one and then whichever one came out after that... I remember seeing it and I was just like, yeah, you know what? I just, I think I'm done. I think I'm out on Star Wars. And they announced, you know, Galaxy's Edge coming to Hollywood Studios and they, you know, tore down half the park in order to do so. They got rid of the Backlot Tour and Streets of America, the stunt show, that whole area, like an area that I love. Like, so that doesn't make me love Star Wars more. Like the fact that it replaced something that I loved. you know, and just the new stuff I haven't really gotten into. And then when Galaxy's Edge is opening, it's like, okay, I already have a sour taste in my mouth, you know, but I'll, you know, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. It's Disney, you know, especially like in my head, I was kind of, kind of comparing it to Harry Potter and the Wizarding World at Universal Studios. I read some of the Harry Potter books growing up, saw like one or two of the movies, wasn't a huge fan. We went to Universal Studios when Wizarding World opened up and I was blown away. I was like, oh my God, like, this is amazing. This is awesome. Like, they did such a good job. It made me go home from that vacation and watch all of the Harry Potter movies. Same thing happened with Pandora. I did not like Avatar the movie. I thought it was okay. I thought that movie was so overrated. But Pandora opens up at Animal Kingdom. I give them the benefit of the doubt. We check it out and I was blown away. Like, oh my God, this land is amazing. So Galaxy's Edge opens up. We check it out. And I was, I don't know. I was just, I don't know if I was disappointed. I think I was more just underwhelmed. You know, some of the stuff seems kind of cool. It just seems so small and crowded and compacted. It seems like it's in a weird spot in the park. You know, it's not attached to the Star Tours area. Like, I'm at, I'm, you know, 
walking out of Muppets 3D and next thing you know, I'm, you know, walking around Star Wars land. Um, now, I haven't done Rise of the Resistance, but I'm not basing this off of that. I'm, I'm basing it more of like a land in general. Like, I, in my head, I was expecting Wizarding World of Harry Potter, but with Star Wars. And what we got was like the discount version, I feel like. Now, maybe if you're a diehard Star Wars fan, you'll disagree with me. But I think they could have done better, could have done more. I don't know if they just didn't have the room. I don't know. You know. Maybe, again, it's just me and my, you know, not my love for Star Wars. I was just kind of underwhelmed. And I, I know some people do agree with me. I, I wanted it to be great. I was, you know, excited to talk it up to my friends. Like, two of my best friends are huge, huge Star Wars fans. And, you know, I would still tell them to say, like, yeah, hey, you got to go check it out. But, like, you can tell, like, I'm not, like, all the way in on Galaxy's Edge. I'm not talking it up like I did Harry Potter or Pandora. So the first one on my list, I have to put it on there. And I think, you know, there's a there's a group of people online in, in the Disney community that agree with me that Galaxy's Edge is overrated. All right, let's go with our first properly rated category here. I'm gonna go with the mountains. Space Mountain, Thunder Mountain. You know, maybe you can throw uh, Seven Doors Mine Train into that. Maybe you could throw Expedition Everest into that, formerly Splash Mountain. But those rides live up to the hype. I feel like those are the rides, whenever you're going to Disney, whenever you see a must-do list, a top attractions list, anything like that, you always see, you know, Space Mountain, Thunder Mountain, uh, Expedition Everest, Seven Dwarves Mine Train. In the past, Splash Mountain, like those were always must-do things. And they live up to the hype. You know, those are good attractions that I feel like everyone can enjoy. Whether you're a, a smaller kid who's just getting into thrill rides, whether you're someone who's enjoy, you know, enjoys thrill rides, yeah. You know, it doesn't go upside down and, you know, zero to 70 or anything like that. But especially like Thunder Mountain and Space Mountain, those are two very good long rides with, you know, you go pretty quick. I think like Space Mountain hits like 40 miles per hour. You know, there's sharp turns, sudden drops, like totally fun ride. You're in the dark. Thunder Mountain, same thing. You're going fast. You're going up. You're going down. You're getting thrown to the left, thrown to the right. Sharp turns. Great attraction. They're, they're long attractions. Like, you know, rock and roller coaster, um, as much as I love it, and it's a thrill ride. You know, you go zero to 60. You go upside down. The ride's over in like 40 seconds, you know, whereas Thunder Mountain, Space Mountain, like, those are long attractions. Thunder Mountain, it, actually both of them, you get towards the end, you're like, oh, it's over. And then there's like one little last part. It's almost like a little bonus, you know? Expedition Everest, um, great coaster. You go backwards in the dark at, I don't even know how fast you're going. It makes you feel like you're upside down. It has a good drop, great theming. You're going fast. You see the Yeti. Seven Doors Mine Train, you're going fast. The, the way that the cars like move, uh, and tilt back and forth when you hit those turns is a great feeling. Um, just those attractions, I think, live up to the hype. You know, in you know, I, I say the mountains. Unfortunately, you know, we lost Splash Mountain, but like Space Mountain, Space Mountain, Thunder Mountain, Splash Mountain. Like you would always hear those three grouped together. Like you must do the mountains. And you know, even though we lost Splash Mountain, you can kind of throw in Expedition Everest and Seven Doors Mine Train in there now, um, and it fits. So those attractions, I believe, are properly rated. I think they're kind of universally loved and definitely worth doing. All right, and we're back to underrated now. Let's go with the People Mover. The two attractions I've always said are underrated are Living with the Land and the People Mover. Those are always my top two. And similar to Living with the Land, I feel like maybe that's starting to change. Maybe the People Mover is starting to get enough, enough love where, you know, maybe you wouldn't consider it underrated anymore. Maybe it's properly rated. Um, it does seem like maybe it's getting more and more popular. There was a stretch there. I was concerned and worried that Disney would take it away, close it. You know, it's an attraction that breaks down a lot. They closed the one at Disneyland. Um, but now I feel like there's enough of a following and it's growing in popularity where that's not going to happen. At least not anytime soon. Hopefully, you know, who knows with Disney nowadays, but what a relaxing ride. And I've talked about it a lot on this podcast. That's the attraction where 
most of my life, I remember us going on our Disney vacations and my mom would always say, like she loves the people mover. She would always say that she wishes she could just ride this back to Chicago. It's like, it's that relaxing. I love it. You get a tour around Tomorrowland. It's a nice long ride. I honestly wish it was longer. Like I know it just goes around Tomorrowland. It would be pretty cool if it was extended. And, you know, maybe it went through Fantasyland. Maybe you went, you know, you extend it with Tron and have it go like through Tron or around Tron, you know, something. It would have been cool if they if they extended it. You know, I'm sure that would just be way too costly. Um, or even like make it like a whole, like around like the whole park. I don't know. That would be cool if they did something like that. But the people over is so relaxing. I love riding it. You know, you sit down, take a little break. The... You can just feel like the cool breeze, whether it's 105 degrees out or not. Like it, it, there's always like a nice breeze when you're on it. The sound it makes is like an underrated sound. Usually not a super long wait for it. You can kind of walk on. Like that was the attraction. Like when we were growing up, like me and my cousins, we'd go on Space Mountain, you know, two or three times in a row. And the rest of my family that didn't go on Space Mountain would just ride the people mover until we were done on Space Mountain. Like it was such a good combination there. Um, so I think definitely the People Mover is still an underrated attraction at Walt Disney World. All right, let's go on over to overrated now. <sighs> I have some here, you know, I think this makes for good debate. And, uh, you know, I, I wonder how people are going to react to this one. But I think Peter Pan's flight is overrated. Let's be honest, it's it's not a bad ride, but I do feel like it's overrated because it constantly just has just... An annoying, annoyingly long line. It's always a long wait time. Why? Just because the car, like, it, you know, the track is on the ceiling? Is that the only reason? Like, what's the difference between Peter Pan and Haunted Mansion, um, Pirates of the Caribbean, like those classic attractions? Like, I feel like those are all, like, Pirates and Haunted Mansion, like, those are properly rated. Peter Pan's Flight, there's always, like, a 90-minute wait for it, and the line barely moves, and it takes forever. I just don't understand it. And it's Peter Pan, like, I feel like Pirates of the Caribbean and Haunted Mansion are more loved, like, franchises overall. Like, Pirates of the Caribbean has been around, you know, they did the movies, Jack Sparrow, Haunted Mansion, you know, people love because it's, like, spooky and scary. There's been a few movies, like, you see of it. But Peter Pan, I mean... Disney did its Peter Pan movie like in the 50s or something, 50s or 60s. There's been some remakes since, but has there been like like a really big like Peter Pan like reboot? You know, the Hook came out in the 90s. There's been some weird ones. Like I was just never into Peter Pan as much as I guess everyone else. I don't know. In my opinion, that attraction is overrated. I don't think it's, you know, the wait times are always longer than the rest of those classic dark rides and i i just i don't get it so for me my opinion peter pan's flight overrated all right properly rated you know i just mentioned it we might as well just say it here some of the classic dark rides i feel like those classic attractions i think are all properly rated haunted mansion pirates of the caribbean jungle cruise small world i feel like those are all properly rated you never really hear anyone talking you know, there's not, people don't love, it's a small world. Um, it's tolerated. I think people appreciate it. Same thing with like Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean. I think those are two of the best dark rides. And although they're not thrill rides, I feel like universally they're loved. And I think people just understand that there's history there. There's theming. Everything that goes into it, you know, you don't have to have sharp turns and high speeds and, and a big drop to make an entertaining attraction. You know, Pirates of the Caribbean, the theming from you, uh, the second you walk into the queue, you're going into an old pirate fortress, an old pirate prison. You know, you get on the ride, it's a slow moving boat ride, but it's like, it's eerie, it's chilling. You know, the animatronics are very well done. The music is very well done. Um, you see, you know, you get to see Jack Sparrow in there now. I think it's just, it's a respected attraction and people love it. And it's just something you do. Same thing at Haunted Mansion. The theming is great. As soon as you step in the queue, the cast members do a great job of playing their roles and being part of the story. You go on the attraction, I think it's a top speed of one mile an hour, you know? 
It's not thrilling at all, but yet there's just a constant love for it. Like you don't, you don't hear people on, you know, online or in the Disney community hating on Pirates of the Caribbean and hating a Haunted Mansion, Haunted Mansion and demanding that it change and be rethemed. It's, it's a staple of Walt Disney World, both of those. You know, you can throw some other ones in there too, like I mentioned, like Jungle Cruise. And I think people accept them. I think people appreciate them. And, you know, they're a part of history. And th- those are attractions that I, I truly feel are properly rated. All right, and we're back to underrated now. I'm going to go with Rafiki's Planet Watch over at Animal Kingdom. I'll never forget, I did an episode not too long ago. It's, this is like this year maybe within like the last six months or so, you know, I'm, I'm on Facebook. I'm, I, uh, I belong to some of these like Disney groups. I think one of them is like Disney tricks and tips. And someone posted a picture of Rafiki's planet watch and their caption was pretty much, uh, you know, along the lines of just discovered this at animal kingdom. If you haven't done it, you need to do it. Rafiki's planet watch has been there since like the park opened and like people, I feel like are just kind of rediscovering it. And appreciating it and to be fair and to be honest me and my family we're part of that we went on it when it first opened and I don't know if we did everything like we took the train ride I remember my dad calling it the train ride to nowhere like maybe it was a little different back then but we did it once and like never we didn't do it again until I was like 26 years old and we took it we you know we walked around like whoa this is kind of cool there's a bunch of animal facts there's like there's that one building with like all the animal stuff in there. There was people doing like a presentation with like a giant parrot. Where, you know, you're walking along, you get to see where they like operate on the animals. And like as we're standing there, they brought in like a a turtle or something that they were gonna work on. I'm like, what the? There's a giant like tor- like turtle that they're doing surgery on. Then you walk out back and you could like pet pigs and. Uh, the goats and stuff with these brushes. It was awesome. I'm like, oh my God, like why, why have we not been doing this? That was so much fun. And I feel like the people are starting to catch on. And I thought there were some rumors that it was going to be taken away and they're going to build something else there. I really hope they don't because again, you get a little bit of everything there. Like it's unique. You know, you get to hands-on stuff. You get to pet some animals, see some animals up close learn some animal facts. You know, like I said, I saw them like bring in a turtle and prep for surgery. Like where else am I going to see that? Like literally like just behind, behind glass, four feet in front of me. Uh, it was just a cool experience. They had, like I said, the presentation, there was like a giant parrot they were talking about. You could take pictures with, um, you know, animal facts everywhere. I thought that was really cool. You know, maybe just as I've gotten older, I have a, just a different appreciation for that. But I feel like a Rafiki's Planet Watch is definitely underrated. If it's something you haven't done, maybe it's something you haven't heard of, uh, definitely look into it. I, I truly believe it is underrated. Now, hopefully it stays that way. You know, maybe if they change it, you know, that could change. But as it currently stands, I feel like it's underrated. All right, overrated. For my next pick here for overrated things at Walt Disney World, I'm going to go with the Navi River Journey attraction at Animal Kingdom in the Pandora land. When Pandora opened, there was two attractions, Flight of Passage and the Navi River Journey. I remember we split up. The The lines for both of them were insane. And we knew that Flight of Passage was a little more thrilling. So my mom, myself, and my wife, we stood in line, we did Flight of Passage I think we waited like three hours. No, it wasn't three. I think it was like two hours. I think the wait time said three hours. We ended up waiting two hours. And my mom and my sister and my dad did Navi River Journey, which was posted at like probably 90 minutes. I think they said it took them like 45 minutes. And I remember we're still in line waiting. And we get a text that they just did it. They're going to write it again because we still had a long ways to go. And I remember my dad just saying like, you know, wasn't, wasn't that good, not really worth the wait. And they were just writing it again to just kill time because they were waiting for us. But I, I remember him saying that, like, yeah, not, not really worth it. So we do Flight of Passage, and then we kind of flip-flop, and we do Navi River Journey right after that. And I remember writing it and being like, whoa, yeah, this is um, definitely underwhelming. Now, some of the animatronics are really cool, but other than that, like, I, you know, compared to Flight of Passage and the rest of Pandora... It just doesn't live up 
to the you know to the rest of it it's kind of a boring ride you know we don't have that attachment to avatar like we do like it's a small world parts of the caribbean jungle cruise those other like slow moving boat rides like we don't have that attachment in history of you know the attraction it's this new one that's just built and besides like the giant singing you know avatar animatronic there's really not much to like get excited about it, i just i find it very boring it's one of those i don't i feel like we haven't done like in a few trips because i just i don't think it's worth waiting in line for if there was no wait yeah you know maybe i'd walk on it uh, you know i haven't done it in a while now but i i'm not waiting in line for navi river journey and i feel like it's kind of a waste like you should have done a little more either make it more thrilling or more interesting um because to me it seems like it's kind of a waste there and especially like next to flight of passage like that doesn't help the wait time for flight of passage when no one wants to ride the slow moving boat ride that's right next to it so navi river journey i feel like is definitely overrated all right my next pick for properly rated let's go with flight of passage it's right there i just talked about pandora you know pandora in general i feel like is pop properly rated flight of passage i feel like it's a great attraction from top to bottom um the first time i rode it i was you know there was some hype behind it you know people kind of built it up and I'm, that kind of makes me skeptical like everyone was saying how good it was and how so much better it was than soren and i'm like okay hold on you know it's the same type of ride like how much better could it be i have to wait you know two and a half hours to ride it but i will say i it lives up to it you know the queue is great it takes forever but it's it's awesome like we've all stopped and taken pictures uh, in that laboratory scene with the giant avatar in the tube you know it looks so realistic the theming is great and the attraction is really well done it's great it's i call it soren on steroids like the first time we wrote it too it's like it it kind of like took my breath away i'm not gonna lie like i was very impressed and it lives up to the hype you know when you open a land like that like that was such a big deal i feel like you need a kind of staple attraction and they definitely did that with Flight of Passage. Again, it's one of those attractions I feel like universally it's loved. I think everyone kind of says the same thing, how good it is. Um, and because of all of those things, uh, I feel like it falls into the properly rated category. All right, underrated now. Let's, eh, we might as well stay at Animal Kingdom. I'm going to go with the Kilimanjaro Safari. I still truly feel like it's underrated. I feel like people forget that it's the closest thing to an African safari that you will ever get unless you go there. Like every single time we ride that, I kind of forget. And I'm like, a part of me is kind of like, I have like a revelation as I'm riding. Like, oh my God, like I'm a foot away from a giraffe. There's a rhinoceros right there. We see lions, like all these animals that you see, like where else can you get this experience except like on an African safari? It's unbelievable. I think, you know, it, since it's it's been there since the park opened, I feel like maybe some of us Disney people kind of take it for granted. We're just so used to it. But just every once in a while I ride it, I'm just kind of like taken back. Like, wow, like this is truly amazing. Some of these animals I'm just kind of blown away by. Like the, one of the times we rode it, there was a rhino that was very close to our car. And just seeing that animal up close just kind of opened my eyes like, there's these creatures on the other side of the world, like just that kind of just roam around like this, like unbelievable. And the fact that I'm able to see one this close is truly amazing. Um, it's one of those, like, I can't wait to like take my son on. He's going to like, when I first rode this, it was a little different. They actually had like a storyline. I thought we were actually hunting poachers, but even now, like I'm excited to take my son because he's going to feel like we're on an actual safari and it's like, you know, not an attraction at a Disney theme park, you know? So all the animals that whole experience i still feel like is uh slightly underrated and gotta add it here all right so i think we're back on overrated for okay overrated i'm gonna go with boat transportation i've been to disney countless times so have you guys we've all taken like every form of transportation there is buses monorail skyliner walking the boats I'm just not a fan of. I've stayed at some of those hotels. I've stayed at Wilderness Lodge. I've stayed at the Contemporary. I've stayed at Swan and Dolphin. You know, all of those 
resorts have some sort of boat transportation. And for example, when we used to stay at the Swan and Dolphin, we stayed there a lot. And my parents would always want to take the boat from Swan and Dolphin to Epcot or uh, MGM Studios. I always wanted to just walk. I, I just, I hate waiting for the boat. Now I will say the boats at the boardwalk area, I believe those are the friendship boats. Those are, those are more reliable, you know, a little quicker. They're just going to Epcot and back, Hollywood Studios and back. I don't love those, but I can tolerate those a little more. The ones I, I mostly have a problem with and the ones I feel like are, are definitely overrated is the boat transportation in the Magic Kingdom area. I'm talking, you know, Fort Wilderness, Wilderness Lodge, Contemporary, like that whole boat system, you know, getting to and from those hotels. Oh, man, I've just had so many issues with those boats. Like even up until our last trip, you know, we, we always like to do breakfast at Fort Wilderness. We like to do breakfast at uh, Wilderness Lodge, at Polynesian, and then, you know, go to the Magic Kingdom. And we did both times, we did breakfast at Fort Wilderness. You know, it's already rough. We, we have to drive to Fort Wilderness, park in front, wait for a bus, take a bus from the, you know, the parking lot to the back. You know, then we have to take a boat from there to the Magic Kingdom. You know, we, we had just eaten a huge breakfast. I have, you know, a pound and a half of Mickey waffles in my stomach. It's 104 degrees and I'm standing on this wooden dock for what feels like an eternity the waves slashing back and forth, just waiting for this boat. I swear, we waited so long both ways. Like, it was so frustrating. You know, everyone's kind of getting, you know, you're standing there, you just ate breakfast, you're trying to get to the Magic Kingdom, and you're just standing in the heat with a full stomach waiting for this boat. I hate it. You know, it, it happened, like, both ways. Like, coming back, we had to wait for the boat for a while. We, uh, we ended up going to, like, Grand Floridian and had to take a boat... I think we tried to take the boat from Grand Floridian to Fort Wilderness, and I, we waited like 20 minutes or so. It was insane, and like you, I just get frustrated. I just hate waiting for those boats. I hate standing there like on the dock, you know, getting slightly motion sick from the waves. I feel like they're just very inconsistent with times. You know, they're kind of small. Um, you got to see like what color flag it is. Is this going to the right spot? I just, ah, I can't do it. I feel like the boat system, like it's like, oh, when you stay at these hotels, you have the monorail, you know, if you're at the like, Contemporary and Poly and Grand Floridian, but if you're at Wilderness Lodge, like, hey, you can just take a boat to the Magic Kingdom. Like, oh God, I would rather take the bus. You know, I just, I wish there was another way. I wish they would have just extended the monorail because I just, I hate waiting for those boats and the whole boat transportation system at Disney World, I just feel like is overrated. All right, let's get another one here for properly rated. Let's go with Fantasmic. A lot of my picks for properly rated, I was kind of basing off of, you know, attractions or in this case shows that just seem like are universally loved. Like everyone kind of is on the same page. And I feel like Fantasmic is that. It's It's been around. It's the longest running you know, nighttime show now at Walt Disney World. You know, all the other fireworks shows have kind of gone away or, or changed. And, you know, Fantasmic is still there. They still fill that stadium, like, every single night. Everyone wants to see it. It still holds up. It's still a good show. I've, you know, honestly, I just, I don't know if I've ever heard anyone say anything bad about Fantasmic. You know, the only thing that does suck is getting there and getting a seat and, you know, saving seats for your family. Like, I don't know anyone who has been like, yeah, you know what? That show stinks, or I, don't, I hate that show, or it's boring. They need to change it. it kind of just seems like it's universally loved. It's a staple there of Hollywood Studios. You know, it's a good show. It lives up to the hype. Like, whether you're seeing it for the first time or you see it every single time you go, you know, it still kind of lives up to that hype. It, you're still entertained. You still enjoy it. And I think that says a lot, especially in the longevity of it, like the fact that it's still going hasn't really changed much. Maybe they've added like some characters here and there, but um, it's still pretty much the same show and it's still, you know, a great show. So uh, Fantasmic, I think is my last pick here for properly rated things at Walt Disney World. All right, my last one here for underrated, I'm just gonna com combine two here. I'm gonna go with Dinosaur slash Dinoland USA. Seems like I've had a lot of picks at Animal Kingdom. Um, Dinosaur and Dinoland. Dinosaur, 
you know, we hear the rumors. It just seems like it's, it's going to be closing soon. And, you know, a, a lot of times when something at Disney World closes, it kind of gives it almost new life. Like people realize it's going and maybe stop being so harsh. And, you know, they want to make sure they ride it. And they talk about how much they love it. And they want to buy all the merchandise. You know, it's kind of like, where were those people the whole time? Like, I've always loved Dinosaur. When it was Countdown to Extinction, when the, when the park first opened, it terrified me. I was absolutely terrified. I was eight, nine years old, you know. When you're eight or nine, you, you, you know, you have a decent understanding of what's real and what's not. I was absolutely terrified that that was a real dinosaur on that ride. You know, Disney changes it to dinosaur. When the movie comes out, they tame it down a little bit. And I've just always enjoyed that ride. I think it's a fun attraction. It's very unique. You know, there's there's not many rides like that out there. It's one of those, if you're bringing someone to Disney who's never been there before, they've probably been on some sort of a tr you know ride or roller coaster in their life before. They've probably never ridden anything like Dinosaur. I think it's fun. I think it does hold up. Yeah, I do wish it would stay. And, you know, depending, you know, I, I think they're going to replace it with Indiana Jones, which... You know, there's an Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland that's the exact same as Dinosaur. It's the same track, same ride system, exactly the same. And what what I think is unfortunate is because it's Indiana Jones, uh, if they do just replace it like that, I I don't see a lot of people missing Dinosaur. You know, I I don't know for whatever reason I feel like it, like people don't have that same attachment to it as Splash Mountain. But Dinosaur, that's gonna be sad, you know, to see it go. Um, and because it's Indiana Jones, like, again, you know, people love Indiana Jones so much. I don't know if they'll, you know, really miss Dinosaur. Going along with that, Dinoland USA, like, there's the rumors that that's going too. Again, I've always loved it. You know, dinosaurs, if <laughs> if you're a guy, when you were a kid, there's a probably a 99% chance you were really into dinosaurs. Especially around my age growing up, we had Jurassic Park, we had dinosaur toys, we had dinosaur clothes, pajamas. My son has dinosaur pajamas. It's just part of it, you know? We've always kind of liked it. And just Dinoland USA just felt, I don't know, I've always liked the dinosaur aspect of Animal Kingdom. I liked that there was that kind of fantasy aspect of it. And, you know, I, I just, I don't know, maybe it's the nostalgia. I've just always liked Dinoland USA. I always kind of felt like with some other things at Disney World, they kind of gave up on it too soon. They could have made it better. They they could have, you know, updated it with the times, but they just kind of gave up. Um, so for me, underrated. Maybe more people will agree with me once it's gone. Dinosaur and Dino Land USA. All right, my last one here. I have a couple here. I'll just name both of them for overrated. So the first one I have... The Deluxe Hotels, with a little asterisk next to it. And the reason why I added this on here is just recently, I've just been so frustrated with Disney and their prices. I, You guys know me. I talk about uh, my love for the contemporary Polynesian Wilderness Lodge. My favorite hotel is the Polynesian. I've never stayed there. There's a reason for that I've never stayed there. It's just so expensive. And lately I was doing... Um, you know, some research and stuff and looking some stuff up. Just the price, I just, I cannot, I love the Polynesian. There's a lady on Facebook who posted that she just paid $1,100 a night at the Polynesian and her view is the construction of the new Vacation Club resort there. That's just wrong on so many levels. One, I, I don't care what kind of hotel it is, I just would never be able to justify $1,100 a night. But if you have the money, you're okay spending that. Like, that's honestly good for you. Like, that's some people, that's that's fine. That's great. I understand. I just could never do that because at the end of the day, the Polynesian Hotel, for example, is that a hotel really worth $1,100 a night? I've stayed other places. I've gone on other vacations. I've been to Mexico, Cancun. I've been to Las Vegas. I've been to other parts of Florida, California. I've stayed in a three-bedroom condo on the beach in Florida for a third of that price. And, you know, some of those rooms, you know, they're not all $1,100, but some of those rooms are just your standard hotel room, two beds and TV and a little bathroom, you know? And I, the prices are just getting so insane 
that to me, it makes it overrated. I love the monorail. What other amenities and perks do you get for staying at the contemporary Grand Floridian or Polynesian? What, what perks are there besides being able to ride the monorail? But guess what? I can ride the monorail too when I'm staying at Art of Animation. So what are the perks? Well, I, you know, that's what makes me upset and that's what gets me frustrated. And that's what makes it like overrated staying there is because you're paying this money and what are you getting out of it? I don't know. It's just, it's frustrating. And my, my last one here for overrated rope dropping. You know, this is something if you would have asked me years ago, I would have never said this, but at my current age, my current status, I'm, I'm married with a small child. I'm 33 years old. I work long hours every day. I don't mind getting up early in Disney. That's separate. But my days of rope dropping and getting to the park before it opens and, you know, sprinting to whatever attraction, uh, those days are gone. I just, I don't, again, I just think that's a little overrated now. I don't see a point of that. The only way I could justify it would be if there was an attraction that we really wanted to ride and couldn't. For example, nowadays, a lot of these new ones, they do like the virtual queue. If we couldn't get that and we wanted to ride it, I guess that's our only option. But I just think you can do Disney now without road dropping. And you can do Disney without sleeping until 11 a.m. Uh, every day. I think there's a happy medium there. Like I, I wake up early every day, whether I'm on vacation or not. It's just part of, part of me now and part of my life. I love waking up in Disney, waking up early, you know, getting ready and, and sitting down and having a cup of coffee in the food court or in the hotel room. You know, drink a cup of coffee while I'm walking back to the room. You know, get to the park like right around the time it opens, maybe a little after, but you know, get some breakfast. I'm big into getting breakfast when we're on vacation now. I gotta have that energy. And just rope dropping, my days are done. I think it's overrated. I see, you know, people talk about it all the time on social media. I'm just, yeah, you know, not for me anymore. Now this could change when my son gets a little older and maybe if he if he wants the rope drop, guess what? I'll be right there 7 a.m lined up ready to sprint over to you know the newest attraction or whatever it is i honestly think the the last time we rope dropped was when the new version of test track opened we couldn't i think so i think this is when they had yeah the my disney experience we couldn't get a fast pass for it and i think it was we were down to like our last day and we just we got up early we got to Epcot before it opened. We stood there, you know, behind behind the, the sea of people ready to do the same thing. And when it opened, we sprinted right to test track the new version and, and we wrote it. And I honestly think that's the last time. So I think that pretty much wraps up my list. There was a few other things, but I mostly just underrated. And like I said, I've, I've done an entire episode on underrated things at Walt Disney World before. So I'm not going to get into those again. That's my list. Overrated, underrated, properly rated at Walt Disney World. A lot of fun doing lists like this. Again, thank you to Carter Ivy on Instagram for the idea. I use my notes app on my phone. Every time I, you know, I have an idea for a podcast episode, I add it on there. And when you guys send me one that I feel like would make it a good episode, I add it on there. So if you if you're listening and you have an idea for a, a an episode, doesn't have to be a full episode, it could just be a topic, a top 10 list. If you just have like a thought about Disney, we can talk about uh, hit me up on Instagram, Disney World Today. Speaking of Instagram, I did want to give a shout out to Nick the Diz Dad with two Ds on uh, Instagram. He made a reel. So there's a trend right now on TikTok where it's like people walk around and they be like, uh, for example, yeah, I'm a Midwesterner. And then they like give an example of what they do. And so there's obviously a bunch of Disney ones. And uh, he did one. He's like, yeah, of course, I'm a, I'm a Disney adult. Of course, I have a Disney Plus subscription. Yeah, I'm a Disney adult. Of course, I listen to the Disney World Today podcast. I completely popped when I heard that. I was I was like, yes. Uh, so shout out to Nick. That was awesome. Thank you uh, for the love showing people that, you know, I made a comment. I, uh, I shared it to my story. I was like, only the cool Disney adults listen to the Disney World Today podcast. So if you're listening to this, you're a cool Disney adult. That's like a, That's been like a whole separate uh, topic for me lately. You know, I just stuff I've been seeing like on Twitter, Instagram, stuff just in real life. It just seems like, I don't know, there's just a lot of hate going around for Disney adults. And 
I will say, yes, sometimes we take things a little too far, but I consider myself a Disney adult, you know. I'm a grown man who has a Disney podcast and Instagram and makes TikToks. And I just, I hate, I just, that just bothers me so much. You know, there's worse people out there than Disney adults that like people on social media just feel like ripping on us. And like, I've just decided that I've given myself the nickname of Disney adult final boss. Um, so if you, <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, like in video games, um, usually you go through like different levels and each level you have to like fight like a mini, a mini boss, like a mini bad guy type of thing. And after you beat all those mini bosses, then you face the big bad final boss. And it's like the epic battle. And that's just, that's just like the nickname I'm giving myself right now. So if anyone out there has someone making fun of them for being a Disney adult or a problem with anyone, just send them my way. You know, we've, we've actually started the process of talking about our next Disney vacation, which will be my son's first. You know, it's in the early planning stages, so... When that gets a little more um, official, I'm definitely going to have to reach out to you guys for tips, tricks, uh, advice on bringing a one-year-old to Walt Disney World in, in the summer. So, But until then, I'll be here every week with a new episode. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. Again, follow me on Instagram and TikTok, Disney World Today. My DMs are always open. Please reach out. Leave me a rating and a review. Hit that subscribe button. I think I hit all the things, right? That's pretty much everything. I say the same thing every week. I'm Maybe I should switch it up a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. I hope you guys had a good Christmas. Have a good week. Hopefully it was a short week for you guys. It was a short week for me. Got a few days off work just to go back for a couple days to be off again. Like pretty nice. Not going to lie. Didn't really get much accomplished. But you guys take care. Until next time, always remember it all started with a mouse. Yeah.